The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Cowboy Nation, it is deja vu all over again. We are 30 hours away from some Dallas Cowboys preseason football, and you're looking at a live shot at the Ford Center and Tostitos Plaza here at the beautiful headquarters of the Dallas Cowboys in Frisco, Texas. And if this is my last time, I'm going out with a bang, Jesse. <laughs> you are now rocking with the best. Yeah. This is Hanging with the Boys, and I'm with the gang gang for the last time today because we're going back to our regular podcast with Kurt Daniels, yes, Danny Sarek, and Jesse Holly here in the building. And, guys, if you had an opportunity yesterday to tune in to the press conference, uh, press conference yesterday, there were uh, three little initials that uh, were blurted by our fearless leader, <laughs> Michael Romeo India, <laughs> which we will be taking on Monday when the team gets back into town. I don't know if he's, he's – uh, obviously, I think he's going to uh, Arizona. We don't know that. Um, but, guys, I, I need to know, and, and, and I'll start with you, Kurt. What uh, did that give you warm and fuzzies when Dak Prescott said that he was getting another MRI on that shoulder? Well, when I first heard it, the immediate reaction is, uh oh, you know, what's going on? But the more I heard, read about it and kind of heard about it, it sounds like it's just they're just checking to see how things are going and they want to see if it has improved. It's just an update. He's, he's throwing some in practice. It doesn't look like hard, he's, but he's, he's throwing some, which is a good sign. So I, I think. What I'm telling myself, I'm trying to stay positive. I don't want, want to get the tums out here. <laughs> I'm thinking that this is just part of the progress and, and to see where he's at right now. So hopefully it's going the way it should. Look, the team wouldn't have him do those smaller, lighter throws he was throwing to Amari Cooper, who's coming off his injury now. So they wouldn't have him do even those throws if they were truly concerned that he had moved backwards right. in terms of his progress or was feeling worse. So that makes me feel a little more at ease of – Maybe this is just more, let's make sure before we have him going full speed in practice, before we make a decision if he's going to play in that third preseason game, let's get the MRI again, make sure he's good to go, and that the rest and the the cautionary uh, protocols they've been taking have done their job. Fire in the hole. No. I have a feeling you're not going to be on the same page. You know, my only concern was, why wait till Monday? Is it not an MRI machine? Well, that's they did in the MRI last week, they right? Did. So that's I start looking kind of. Well, what's why Monday? Well, why maybe wait? they want to get him back here? Where our maybe our facilities are different? Some I don't know. I don't know. Like yeah. MRIs, are MRIs, correct? I mean, I don't. I mean, last time I checked, yeah. Jim Mara will be here. Jim Mara will be there. Britt will be there. Greg will be like I don't. I don't know the difference between getting it done right then and there and having a do they want a few extra days to maybe like maybe they had a goal of like you know 14 days whatever till we check the next mri do you think it's something like that that's the question that we all i mean (laughs) this is this is the the question that we're asking my my thing is always i don't go get mris cat scans ct scans or whatever scan you want to go get unless there's something wrong. Now, I'm not pushing the button, and I'm not saying that something is wrong, and they can be doing a checkup. But that just goes to show that, again, we were misled because yeah. we were told it was fatigue. Mm-hmm. And then we hear that there's experts being consulted, other sports team physicians are being consulted, and it went from a few days to – we're in like almost two weeks. He did a light throwing. And we'll get more into the hard knocks thing of things. But when you heard him in hard knocks and when it was kind of like, well, where where did it kind of come from? Right. And it was the it was like it, the follow through. And so 
what he did in practice was a bunch of light throws. There was nothing that had any zip behind it. It wasn't like he was throwing hard passes. So maybe you get to a point where I'm able to kind of loft some up. And, but what happens when you got to throw some zip behind it? Now, if they've done that off camera, we haven't heard any reports about it. But th- that's that, that that's just my biggest thing is when you start adding MRIs and multiple MRIs to situations, it's 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 cause for concern. I don't I don't care who spins it or how they spin it. There is cause for concern in this shoulder. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that they're. I mean, I I'll be surprised if he plays the third preseason game. And I um they were talking about they want to get him out there. And I don't know. I like before when they said, "Oh, this is just a fatigue injury," and "Oh, yeah, he'll play in the third preseason game." I kind of wish they'd just be quiet, you know, not not get our hopes up, keep it, re- you know, be honest about it in some ways. And you talk about the the drama, you know, the, that's what we major in is the, the drama is is making sure that everyone is on the edge of their seats, and all of Cowboy Nation, all of the sports community, football, NFL, everybody's on the edge of the seat trying to figure out what's going on with Dak's shoulder. But at this point, and we can, and I played around with it about the anxiety of what it feels like to know going into a season that you may not have your number one quarterback, but we're getting into that point where he hasn't thrown with the ones in, what, 13 days? We're at the 13th day of this. So if we continue this trend of him not throwing, the team is back here on Saturday, practices Monday, another preseason game approaching, he may not play in that game. Are we not are we sure that Dak is going to be ready for the beginning of the season? I, it doesn't concern me about the fact that he's had 13, 14 days without throwing to his ones. Because first of all, the ones, you know, we're talking Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. Even if you want to go down, you know, Noah Brown, Cedric Wilson, the tight ends. These are the ones he's had all last year with the exception of really C.D. years before that. And also, given it wasn't any, any official way of doing things by any means. But in the offseason, Dak had all of these guys out to his house every day practicing and throwing out on the field. So it doesn't concern me as much that he's gone maybe two weeks without throwing to his ones because these are people he has that chemistry with already. But let me ask you this, Danny. With the injury from last year, knowing that he has the ankle, knowing that he he wouldn't have, if he doesn't play in the preseason game, does that worry you? I mean, even with the familiarity, is there a rust um, component to this that we're not looking at because he's a quarterback. You would like for your quarterback, the reason why you give him those reps in preseason is to get him in, in rhythm. Do you worry about that? I don't necessarily think I worry as much from the ankle standpoint. I think I think he's ready. I think we. it doesn't really seem like a lot of the reason they were – I mean, of course you want to be cautious getting back into things, but it doesn't seem like they had any concern going into the season of like, oh, I don't know, he's really going to be ready on that ankle. That doesn't seem to have been a concern by any means. I'm just wondering, like, when is he going to get hit? It's that mental aspect that he's talked about of you need to get hit once, realize you can get up or maybe do a run. Right, like, because that's how he hurt his ankle. I think once you get those mentally, and you realize I can still do this, then you're fine. I don't, I don't necessarily worry about rust of like coming off the injury per se physically. And the part that's concerning to me is if you said, you know what, he's not going to play any preseason games. Okay, cool. Then that tells me that he's going to get all of the practice reps, right? All of the ones practice rep, and he can kind of keep that rhythm and that kind of the mojo and everything. But now when you're taking away preseason games and you haven't practiced throwing the ball in a, in, in a live setting as far as practice-wise in two weeks, and I'm sure they're not going to start Monday and just throw him back into the fire where he's firing you know, 40, 50 passes in a practice again. So now you limit that practice as well. So you're not getting games and you're limited to what you can do at practice. While he while he's there mentally, there is a rust component when it comes to this, especially for a quarterback who isn't the most accurate passer that we have to begin seen, with. To begin with, yeah. like he doesn't come with well. One of his qualities isn't when you talk about Dak Prescott is oh my god he's super accurate with the football. Right, like there, you you have to go down the list of things before you get to the accuracy part when describing Dak Prescott, the quarterback. Well, when you're taking away these reps and you 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 you're you're not playing in in preseason games and you're not practicing uh, week in week out, 
And then the season comes, well, those count. Those yeah. count. Yeah. And we all know that when you go back and you watch a 65-70 play game from an <laughs> offensive standpoint, and we've heard Coach Speak say it all the time, there are three or four or five plays within that game that was kind of the determining factor of that game. Could have been a third down. Ball could have been thrown behind. Could have been a little bit too high. Could have been a step, you know, a step late, you know, a tick late on releasing the ball. Whatever those things may be, those are rust factors for any quarterback. And that goes from your Peyton Mannings to your Tom Brady's to your Aaron Rodgers. Those type of things you need to work through. And a lot of those guys use, if not the preseason games, every single rep in practice to get those things worked on. Yeah. And so now when you're taking those away and you're stripping those away from him, and again, I don't want to sound redundant, to an already not specifically accurate passer, that to me is a is a it's it's a cause it's a cause for concern for me. Yeah, That's, it's not just his ability to. I agree. He's got the mental part of it's going to be the tougher part. But like we talked about before, it's the cadence of the whole offense and you know getting rhythm with the line and all that kind of stuff. And we had talked about before that this defense may not be in full sync until. <laughs> five or six games into the season, which means your offense better be in sync game one if you're going to pull out some wins. And this, is that going to be a problem? Yeah. Much, sorry, quick question. Just general question. Now going off of that, I want to hear what you two think of like in terms of the rust and, and Dak, right, and, and getting those reps. Like how much of that rust is not just on him, but also working with his offensive line he didn't have last year. Like it's how much of getting through that rust if you want the offense to be so great early yeah, on. I like. Mean, Justin it's knows, cohesive. Yeah, I would think that, like you had talked about it, I think. Like, even if Dak weren't hurt, right, we would still be expecting rust because of the offensive line coming off injuries, yeah. no? Right, but you get you get a chance to work that in practice. Right. You see what I'm saying? So when you take him off the practice field for a significant amount of time, he's not able to do those things. Yeah. It's not so, just the relationship with the receivers. It's the whole mm-hmm. whole, whole. It's line. everybody. Yeah. It, it's it's everybody. It's It even gets down to Danny and, and Kurt and, and Heckman. It gets down to even Kellen Moore because mm-hmm. <clears throat> offensive and defensive play column is rhythm. It's like a shooter. When they get in that pocket and that, it just flowing, it doesn't, that's how guys get into the game, right? And so for Kellen – I, I need to be in my quarterback to start seeing some things in practice. I say, oh, I like this play. You know, check, check, check. And I need to get into a rhythm and in a sync with my quarterback. And even though they have the relationship, I, I need us to get out there and work. I need us to get out there and, and for Dak to go, hey, listen, on, on this one right here, I love the play. Hey, let's make this 18 yards. You know, let's make this 18 yards. Or, hey, look, I know you had Zeke do this. Hey, let's try this route. Because I, th- that's the back-and-forth conversation that goes on between veteran quarterback and offensive coordinator, that they can have these discussions. And then you can go back into the meeting room and sit down and go, all right, we love these plays. Is there anything that you want to switch, tinker with, change, whatever it may be, but you don't have that when Dak is sitting over on the sideline and you're not having him in the practice because he needs to be in the driver's seat. I need to I can stand over there and see it happen, but when I'm standing looking down the barrel of the gun, now I can kind of see and feel how I want things to work around me. Now that's that's the one I love the analogy about the shooters in the in the NBA in basketball. Guys like Kobe Bryant, they arrive to the stadium five hours before the game to get in rhythm. Dak in contrast to that, has been held out of OTAs. He's been held out of team. Uh, going into camp right when the pads are put on, he can't participate in live action. So to simulate that, I mean, I know the man has a football field at his house, so I know he's been throwing. But like you said, when you start saying names like Tom Brady, when you start talking about the upper echelon, the guys that have done it at a high level in this league for a long time and how they participated in preseason, we can't take him out of that. Because he hadn't reached that level yet. Mm-hmm. And so when you think, what well, for me, it was last year versus the Cleveland Browns when you saw Dak actually unveil his arm strength on a throw in the red zone to Amari Cooper in between two defenders. Now that showed to me that he's been working, working on that. He did it. Here's the play right here. And his ability as a progression as a quarterback, he looks at his first read which is something that he 
staring down receivers in his first couple of years may have been the problem, but that, that but, right but there. Can, is, I, can I just tell you from a football guy from the receiver position, that didn't happen on Cleveland Brown Day. That happened in, in training camp. That's go what back, I'm talking about. Go back and watch the great Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, right? This, this it, it's a post route. It's a one, two, three, four, five, boom. Right? Like his steps. When Dak's back, when, 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 when Amari Cooper goes in motion and Dak sees the defense shifts, he knows exactly where the ball is going. He knows, watch him. As soon as he hits that back foot, one, two, three, the ball is gone. And that window goes quick. He knows where he's going with the football. Amari knows where he's going with the football. And that type of energy, that type of, 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 of knowing, of precision, of everything, that's from practice. Now, that very pass, if you're rusty mm. and it's short, that's gone to the house. Yeah. Picked off. You might be uh, Amari might be going down to Baylor Scott and White for an MRI <laughs> on his head. Yeah, that's it. Might be coming. picked off, right? There's some bat. That throw right there is a throw that you can't make with rust. But that shows you when you're in that rhythm, when you know what's going on, when you have that rust knocked off, when that when you're in sync. Right, that's when that type of plays happen. When that window closes, I mean, because it happens quick. And I always think about Michael Irvin and, and Troy Aikman when you look at that bang eight post. That that was one of the plays where Mike had to know ESP. ESP. They had to know <laughs> Troy. When that back foot hit, that ball was coming out on a rope. Mike knew it. Troy knew it. And he knew how many steps he had before that safety got there. He knew how to catch the ball. He knew everything. But that comes from the stuff that you do in practice. Yeah. And when you hold him out and he's not getting it, forget the preseason games, right? Fine. No preseason games. Yeah, you always hear about those great – like Roger Staubach, he, he he didn't know – he didn't see Drew there. He just knew Drew would be there. Right. You need that practice. Not a game. Not a – no. I'm not going to go all <laughs> I, A, I on. But we're talking about practice. Let's be optimistic. Let's say the MRI Monday, okay, he's great, good to go. Tuesday, he is – Full go from here on out. Not playing in the last two preseason games, but if he gets those last few weeks of practice, do you feel that's enough to shake off the rust and make up for these two weeks, Heck two no. and a half weeks he'll miss? Heck no. Because we open the season on Thursday night in Tampa, and Tampa has an axe to grind with the NFL. And, <laughs> the, you know, it, it really, we are, we, we're coming into town like the, the, the pig with the apple in his mouth. You know, because it's the world champions. Yeah. They want to, to set the NFL on notice. They won the Super Bowl not because of Tom Brady, but because of that defense. If you did not know, you will find out on Thursday. And I don't want to see Dak in his first live action in that. Would I would you, like to get some reps before that. If he's not ready for this third preseason game, would you put him out there with the starters for some work in the fourth one, which is traditionally a give-up game or whatever? If you tell me that he is all go – there's no restrictions for him at practice. I'm actually okay for him not playing any of the preseason games. Jesse, I can't believe you. <laughs> listen, I cannot believe you. I am a preseason guy. I think preseason is necessary. But you just made the whole thesis based off of what you you no, no, just no. said. My, my, my thesis was if you're not going to play in preseason games, I need you to be able to go and do everything in practice. Take all the reps. You have to take every single rep. Like that has to happen. If you're if if you're not going to play in preseason, there can't be any restrictions on you at practice. What about you, what Danny was saying? Getting the hit and all that, getting the real pressure. You know they're coming after. They're not holding up. My thing is 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 most quarterbacks don't take a live hit until the game anyway, right? Tom, when a lot of time. You hit Tom Brady in practice if you want to. Oh, no. You hit Patrick Mahomes if you want to. That's what I'm saying. You hit Patrick Mahomes if you want to. Does he need a preseason game to get hit? You know? None of those guys go to preseasons and get hit. None of those guys do. So the hitting part to me, I, I am so confident in Dak's mental ability. And simply because he's been through a lot. And the quote that he made, it, it gives me chills when I, hit, when I hear him say it, when he says that adversity uh, opens up the door for opportunity. That, that is so profound to me because when you are faced with that type of situation, whether it's be moms, the depression, or brother, and all that kind of stuff, and you're able to bounce back from that, dog, if you hit me on a football field, it's not really going to rattle me. 
Hmm. Like I, I've overcome a lot. I've overcome my mom losing my mom. I've overcome, you know, the, the, the stuff that happened to me in the draft before the draft. I've overcome uh, uh, being the number four guy when I first got to Dallas behind Jamil Showers and worked my way up. I, I've, I've, I've overcome the contract stuff hanging over my head for three or four seasons trying to get paid. I've overcome a pandemic, depression, my brother taking his life. I've overcome a lot of stuff mentally. That's that's mental toughness. So to go out there and have to take a hit, I, I, to me, just and I could be wrong, but that, that's a look. That, that the man has already showed you he ain't mentally fragile. He ain't, he ain't he ain't no sucker when it comes to the mental toughness. So having to get hit for me with him, I'm thinking that's that's small that's small change. The thing that's not small change is just the physical mechanics of you going out there and doing what you're supposed to do at the position. If you're supposed to be throwing the football, this will be a pass-happy offense. I don't care what Mike McCarthy talks about. I want to make it balanced. I want to make this. No, 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 no. You got weapons galore. You're going to let that thing fly. That ball is going to be passed around a lot to a lot of different cats. Well, I need the guy. I, I, I need my Tom Cruise. I need my top gun. I need him. I need him to be on his game. Because if he ain't, then we got a problem. Well, you got a guy with a, a, a big old contract, and there you talk about Top Gun, there are going to be a lot of people gunning for him, and not only gunning for him on the field, but gunning for him in the media. Because as we all know, the world is not at a shortage for haters for the Cowboys. <laughs> and speaking of haters, we're going to take a break right now, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about the hate that Coach Mike has been getting. Uh, not his, for me. From his <laughs> debut. Oh, hard knocks. We'll be right back with you on Hanging with the Boys. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. The Cowboys Way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So, whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to Hanging with the Boys. Dallas Cowboys training camp returns to the star in Frisco, starting with with Cowboys Night, presented by American Airlines on August 16th. Watch Cowboys practice and enjoy free activities at the Star beginning at 4 p.m. Fans have the chance to catch three additional practices on August 20th, 27th, and 28th. Admission and parking are free. Visit the Star in Frisco.com for details. Back here at Hanging with the Boys with Kurt, Danny, and Jesse. Uh, yeah, well, so we were talking about haters, and I want to address some haters because after Tuesday's airing of Hard Knocks, there's been some 
mixed reviews on Coach Mike. And a lot of people saying that he's not authentic. It seems like it's forced. Uh, he's out of touch with his guys. And, and Jesse, I really wanted to tap into your NFL acumen to, to ask you, because you know and you've been coached by some world-class coaches what gives with that? Do all coaches have a mantra or a stick with something that they want to stick on their team? But what did you think about Coach Mike Mike's performance uh, in Hard Knocks? Yeah, I watched it. I I, I had no problem with it. Um, you have two people on. You have this this Mike McCarthy fence, right? And you have people on both sides, like Democrat Republican, right? People like you want to be on their side, and either you like Coach McCarthy. Or you hate him. And we all know from here on this show, I, I am a fan of... What's his nickname? Freaky Mike. I call him Freaky Mike. I call him Freaky Mike. That's what I call him. I call him, I call him Freaky Mike. And we, we live in this day and time of social media. And everybody wants you to be this thing for the social, for the TV, whatever. Some dudes are just not built for that. And it doesn't help, does not help when, and I'm not, this is not a shot at Jerry Jones, but it doesn't help when your owner is such a great dude in the media. Because what happens is Jerry Jones sets the tone of what the cowboy persona should be in the media. And then you have the brand, what it is in the media. And then if your coach doesn't match what your owner and the brand is calling for, then you're fake, you're not authentic, you really can't, we, we can't feel you, we can't. Some dudes, and, and when you look at Mike McCarthy, he's not a new age, he ain't Kyle Shanahan. Right, he he's not Sean McVay. He's not the new hip, you know. He, I, I promise you, he's not texting emojis. He's not on TikTok. On TikTok, <laughs> he's not doing the the acronyms. He's not that guy. He's a football dude from PA, <laughs> right? All, if if you left it up to him, all he wants to do, forget the cameras. For, I just want to coach. I, that's all I know how to do. The like the Zoom stuff last year. I remember talking to the rookies last year, and he jumped on the, the call uh, with me before the rookies. I talked to the rookies. He hates that Zoom stuff. He hates it. Now you got to adapt because this is the new way of things, but, like, he hates that. Like, he hated coaching from a Zoom because that's not, that's not where he comes from. And so, to me, he, it, it, was, it was all good to me, man. And, and I, I don't care what you sound like or, or, or whatever. Can it relate on the football field. That's what we that's what we should be judging him on. Not what he looks like, not what he sounds like in front of the camera. The X's and O's, the the W's, the L's, that's what his grade should be on. That, Danny, did he seem relatable to you? I think he seemed like himself. I, I I guess it's hard for me to be like, oh, like he's relatable. Like I am not in that setting whatsoever. And like to be honest, like because we haven't really had a lot of time as media members to interact with him in person. Like, I, I don't feel like I know him like well enough to, I guess, decide that. But I didn't have a problem with his quote unquote performance. I thought he was himself and going off Jesse's point, like in the opening presser in Oxnard, like someone asked him what, what his initial reaction was when Jerry Jones told him that Hard Knocks was going to be out of camp. And he's like, well, I almost drove my car off the road. And like, like I, I agree. I don't think this is where he feels most comfortable or right. most natural. So I'm sure that there's still a wall, you know, having his guard up with all these cameras. And I'm sure the more episodes we see, like we'll see him kind of loosen up. But that's also not his concern. He's not trying to be the star or be goofy or have a personality or have, you know, a gif or something go viral from it. Like he's just trying to focus on football. And again, it, it doesn't matter if you thought the the mojo stuff was cheesy or what you think. Like if it works for the players, who cares? Like Bill Belichick is not the most relatable dude. Like who relates to Bill Belichick? <laughs> like, Super Bowl. Like, like, like honestly. Like, the Super Bowl though. Like who, 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 who? Like when he gets in front of the camera, who relates to Bill Belichick? <laughs> Nobody. And, and and the thing that I think a lot of people, fans, and, and, and there is an adjustment that has to be made when you become the coach of this football team. It is unlike any other football team that you'll – I don't care if it's the Patriots. I don't care if it's the Bucs. I don't care who it is. 
the level of media attention that this particular team gets is greater than any other football team in the National Football League. And it takes a level of adjustment when you spent 10, 12 years in Green Bay where we ain't really checking for Green Bay like that on, on, on the four-letter network. That ain't, that ain't in the A block. Right? You, the media is not yep. crowding around Lambeau Field to interview Right, their owners in Green Bay, the community of owners didn't have radio shows and press. Con- you, there is an adjustment when you have to become the head coach of this football team. That I think a lot of people, again, you, we we are we're on such a high pedestal. Everyone gets a chance to take a shot. Because t- tell me, who's you relate to Sean Payton? Do you relate to Sean? Yeah. Sure. Do, 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 do you relate to Bill Belichick? <laughs> Andy Reid. Yeah. Like. That's what I, these we don't we don't hear about this about with anyone yeah. else. Yeah, there, he was in a no-win situation. Somebody's gonna, you know, somebody out there not gonna, th- you know, gonna think he's an idiot or not uh, relating to the players or whatever. But I think he's fine with. I mean, like you said, he's a coach. He doesn't want to get up there and grandstand for the cameras and all that. And, and Danny, I really subscribe to, to your theory. It, who cares what everybody else thinks? Because if the co- if the team is out there and they're in the red zone and guys start hollering out mojo, then. It works. Right, he's gotten his message through to his team. When I talk about relatable, I'm thinking about other hard knocks before from Sean McVay and all the other guys that have been on it. They didn't get the blaring criticism that you see Mike McCarthy have, and you're right. You're going to be polarized because of that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen regardless. But I think just from seeing Mike McCarthy and just – I watched something and I woke up the next day and everyone had something negative to say about something that I thought was a good thing. I actually got an opportunity to see his temperament. And you're right. When you you have the temper, temperament that Mike does, but also with the uh, just a persona of Jerry Jones, how do you how do you match that? And when you had a live camera microphones in on that, it, it, it looks like maybe there's there. Well, there isn't a power struggle, but when he's asking Jerry questions about or Steven questions about how many reps do I give Zeke, the perception starts to fly that. Do you control this? Are you the head coach or, or what are you? And so, so many negative things have come down through that. I mean, do you see that as something that may be a negative on him? Again, when you're the head coach of this football team, you are a lot of times in a no-win situation. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody now has Twitter and Instagram and TikTok to, to voice their opinion, and they can go on Twitch and all these different things. And so for me, it, it, it doesn't because at the end of the day, I can promise you this. I don't care who the head coach is unless that head coach is the GM as well. When it comes down to this $15 million running back, when it comes down to the $40 million quarterback, when it comes down to any the $90 million defensive end, anything that has a significant cost, you consult the people above you. When it comes down to Jesse Holly, you do whatever the hell you want to me. I, I'm cheap. Okay. Nobody consults about Jesse. Nobody consults Jesse <laughs> about Jesse. Come on, Jesse. Somebody consults about you. Nobody Why we cons- throw you away like that. I got cut. Coaches didn't even know. I was called <laughs> to say thank you. They said, what happened? I said, I just got cut. It was like, wait, what? I didn't even know. They didn't consult that. When, is, when you deal with Zeke, when you deal with Dak, when you deal with Tank, when you deal with anybody who has a significant role, i.e., the checks are a little bit fatter, you consult. Again, you just – most teams, most teams – the Roonies aren't down on the sideline at practice. Ursay's not down on the – you don't know who the owners and GMs are. It just so happens for this football team, you know exactly who the owner is. He is very visible. He's hands-on. And so these type of interactions happen. And it doesn't help that the cameras are there. You know the owner's going to be there when the, you know Jerry is going to be there when the cameras are there. He ain't missing a moment to sell the brand. <laughs> it doesn't happen anywhere else but in Dallas for the Cowboys. So when he says, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing it," you you damn right because Zeke is sixteen million dollars a year. So you better you better ask that question. When Dak, <laughs> hey 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 Jerry, listen, Dak showed it. You damn right. 
I just gave him a bazillion dollars. <laughs> You're going to check. Yeah. You're going to check with the dude. What did you think about um, a lot of the eye rolls and criticism came with the mojo moment thing and the Austin, whole the Austin Powers thing? But as a player, how, what did you think? I mean, I, to me, I think that creates, although it's – off the wall, maybe it creates competition. It creates something different from the grinder And they the all kind of laughed. Yeah. Like I get, like who cares if it, if it works? And they, you know, that's his way to, you know, let them know, hey, this is what we're working on in practice. This is your mojo moment. Like if, if that's if that's the thing that works for him and for this team, then like who am I to judge? Why do I care? Like Nobody. We're talking about, every coach yeah. has a bit. Nobody can can judge that. And, and I mean, always if, if people... we were if we were to see, if we were to see the behind the scenes, I feel like of what some of these coaches like how creative and like wild the videos they create to make a point are. Like people would not be so concerned with an Austin Powers clip. But the thing is, is that a lot of people who are saying these things never been in a training camp, and I'm I'm not throwing the I played football, you didn't thing, but you don't understand how draining. On any level. You day about? in, <laughs> yeah. day out. I'm away from my family. I'm stuck in these hotels. Practice is 10 hours a day. So coaches try to find any little thing that can just take the juices up another level. Even if it's for a moment in time. You've heard, we've heard Nate say it. We've heard Michael Irvin say it. Coach, Jimmy Johnson tell Michael Irvin, start a fight today. The energy's down. Like, start some ish today. Now, that might not be the mojo that you're looking for, the Austin Powers, but because the dog days of training camp gets on you, you have to find those things that even if it's for a moment, you can hope changes the momentum of a practice. And whether that's Michael Irvin going out there, starting a fight with Darren Woodson 40 yards down the field to get guys riled up, and now you're like, or that's Des Bryant saying, you can't guard me, you can't guard me, you can't guard me. It's those things in practice that take it to the next level like, talking to me let's go and now everybody's hype that's where you get a pretty damn good practice so when you have these mojo things all coaches have them they're trying to find ways to up the energy in practice because you can tell when you sit in that meeting room you look at that dude like you look at your players faces and they're like man i ain't been home in 20 days you know, I told y'all them camp eyes get real. I, I, the ladies yeah. in the house, I won't go there. But I, I'm just, you have to find ways to get the morale of your players up. Competition does that. There's no other greater thing that gets the blood flowing to real dogs. To I ain't talking about them leash puppies. I'm talking about real dogs. <laughs> then when you get a chance to go out there and and and, and mono we mono compete. Well, speaking of real dogs, I think we got a real dog on the phone. We got a we got a real lap cat. <laughs> we got a real dog on the phone, lap and cat. it never gets old to speak to the great Nate Newton, three time <laughs> Super Bowl champ. Nate, what's going on, man? I'm doing all right, Jesse. I love you too. What's up, my favorite <laughs> lap cat? I love you back, brother. <laughs> well, y'all having some great discussions, man. Some great discussions, man, on, on on this situation, man, of competition and guys being ready to play, and how the you know how the media is attacking coach, you know how he's trying to run his team, man. It's just amazing how our national media gets out there. But chime in, and Nate, you've been coached by some of the well, the great Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson, and your experience with him. Do is this pretty much in line with most great coaches? They have mantras, things that they live by, culture that they're trying to instill to their team. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy was a master. Uh, we had some games where he wouldn't even say nothing. He was just like, "Hey, let's go." He have games where he would uh, say a lot depending on uh, how practices went that week, how things have been. But when he was putting things in place, he didn't say much of nothing. He just told what was expected. Uh, he allowed his coaches to uh, set the, the tempo and the pace. And if things wasn't going the way he thought they should go, he a lot of times he would call a meeting. He would stop practicing and talk to his coaches. And, and, and tell them the tempo is not right. Uh, what are y'all doing? Are y'all not prepared? Because uh, my players are going to take y'all lead. But each coach is totally different. Uh, Cephas was totally different than what Jimmy was. Uh, they, I was a player-run uh, team. I was talking to Bucky Brooks. Uh, the Bills were totally different than everybody because they were a player-ran team. And so uh, a lot of times uh, – you do have to depend on the competition that's there, like Jesse said, but a lot of times it's about the uh, tempo that your coach said and the things that he's trying to put in place to get guys going. And uh, 
Coach McCarthy was on a lot of strain last year, coming into a new organization the way things are ran different, uh, a hands-on owner that he had to deal with and matriculate through. So, uh, But now he's got things in place. If he won a mojo moment and these guys respond to it, which they have in practice when that comes on, they have responded to it defensively, offensively, you know. And so let, let this give, let's give this man opportunity, man. And a lot of times, uh, that's why I don't listen to the national media on a lot of things that we can see and have uh, insight on ourselves as local as local personalities. Hey, Nate, when you started, Landry was here, and he was always seen as such a reserved coach, at least on the sidelines. Did he have this kind of motivation and, and same type of things going on in practice? Coach Landry, Coach Landry was so well established by the time I got there, Kurt, to he just gave you a look. He had different looks. He didn't say much. If he, if, you know, he didn't say much. I mean, his coaches coached. Uh, he had different looks. He knew everything was going on. You talking about hands on, man. This, he ran out. He was the offensive coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator and he was halfway at the special teams coordinator. It, not, nothing moved without his say so and his authority and his bird's eye view. I mean, uh, he was hands on. And, uh, so, but he didn't give a lot of speeches. He believed that if you prepare the right way in practice during the week and you have the right guys as well, the great coaches have is the right guys at the right places making the right plays, then you the mojo moment's going to come and they're going to be handled with authority. And Coach Landry was the ultimate leader, man. He wasn't going to say much, but he always knew what was going on and he had his hands on every situation, even things where guys had records that was coming up. Hey, this guy got a chance to – he wouldn't say nothing the whole week. But if he see where you needed a pass or something like that, he wouldn't say nothing. He'll try to get you that pass. Uh, if he saw where you was a yard away from something, he wouldn't say nothing. He was always aware. And so he uh, he had his hands on everything. Nate, you talked about how you've seen these mojo moments elevate the players on offense and defense. But I'm curious how you've seen them affect the coaching staff themselves and how they've been elevated by this this bit as well. These guys never stop moving in practice. These guys always got situation. It's always a different situation and a new situation that's coming up in this. And, and, and these guys are so focused on making sure these situations and these things are handled in the correct way to, uh, you don't have to worry about much. Uh, uh, they, they just hype, man. They, like most coaches are, whereas your coach may be just standing there or sitting there or not doing anything. Uh, these coaches are moving. Coach Adams, the wide receiver coach. Coach Fieldman with his guys, offensive line coach. Coach uh, George Edwards, his guys with the linebackers. They're they doing their things, man, and they are living in these moments. And they're they are hollering out formations. They're hollering out what to look for, trying to get these players to start communicating and talking to one another and being excited about this thing uh, that's called football that we get paid for to do a child's game. We got the great three-time Super Bowl champion, Nate Newton, and God knows where he's at. <laughs> um, but we always appreciate I'm in front of a uh, – I'm in front of a El Chico's or something, or El Chico's that my friends are eating while my truck is getting fixed. But we always uh, – I think you mojo my truck, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's okay. <laughs> we always appreciate the maximum effort that Nate is going to give us. He's going to give us his insight, whether he at the car dealership, El Chico's, El Diablo's, wherever Get his nails done. Yeah, Get his nails done, his pedicure. <laughs> Nate going well, I was in, in Mexico just two days ago, fellas. <laughs> oh, I was goodness. in Mexico two days ago. Were you there for more than yeah, like two stuck hours? Yeah, traffic, man. Were you there for more yeah, than two hours? Yeah, I was over hours? there from uh, 3 o'clock. Yeah, I, I got uh, at four o'clock. I pull up in line, and I got through at eight thirty. But it was beautiful. The people was out there. The Hispanic uh, nation was out there uh, selling their things, and I, you know, I gave out a few extra dollars. I thought about Jesse on the porch, so I gave to the people and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, because I felt so bad for Jesse, I'm like I'm gonna give some money to these folks, man. So Jesse, will feel good. Now, whatever you want to feel, you want to make me feel good. Keep the money and give it to me. <laughs> If you want to make me feel real good, give it to me. But Nate, hey, uh, man. On, on a serious on a serious note, I, I lost. we we got mm-hmm. Dak in a, in an interview uh, the other day talked about the MRI that he'll be receiving on Monday. Just tell me where you're mm-hmm. at with Dak, his lack of practice, and, and oh, 
better question is, what does Dak need to do to make you feel confident and comfortable that he's ready to go Thursday night to open up the season? Practice. 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 I don't need you playing the games. I need for you to practice. And if and, and don't don't lead us Cowboy Nation because y'all know I'm 100 percent through and through Cowboy fan. Don't continue to week in and week out. If there's something wrong, share it with the Cowboy Nation so we can know that we got to get somebody that can really compete against Gilbert. Share it with us. Don't don't let the season run up on us and all of a sudden, oh well, he's still on the pitch count. No, ain't no more pitch counts. We need for things to be open and ready to go when the season opens up. Practice, practice, practice. I don't care nothing about what that kid said when he played for basketball. I'm talking about football. Practice is <laughs> essential. Essential. I'm serious. Y'all know I'm not lying. But we're, we're, talking, we're, talking we're, about practice. Vet. we're talking about practice with no limitations, right? Like he needs all those first team reps. He has to be able to throw in all those periods. He can't be, like you said, on a pitch count. He can't be, you know, missing the throwing periods or, or missing, you know, d- different things. But, you know, practice with unabated, go out there and go full go every single day. Thank you. I thank you. And, and the quicker he does that, the better off our receivers are going to be, the better off our team going to be. And if not, if something is wrong, we, we will know. And now we know how to address that. And I, I, they know how to address it. But we as reporters and we as fans don't know what's going on because the longer you go saying, oh, it's this, it's that. Now we're getting another MRI. It's like, OK, once again, the Cowboys have not told us the truth. Not, once again, the Cowboys have left me, Jess, and the nation on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> the great Nate from Ports Unknown. Nate, thank you so much for coming in and joining the show and always bringing a lighter mood to everything we got going on here, man. We will see you back in the studio next week, man. Monday, man. And, you know, I should do a show with you guys uh, live and in Technicolor, baby, before this is over with. So we're going to have let the Monday show. Y'all need to come work with the best. You've seen the rest. That's Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Nate, man. That was a be mic good. Job if I've ever <laughs> seen one. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have Nate on. And what we're going to do, we're going to take our last break, and we'll be back for a final segment where these guys get to wear a GM hat. We'll be right back on Hanging with the Boys. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Back to hanging with the boys. Get breakdowns of each position. 
battles to watch, scouting reports for every player, and more with the official 2021 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Training Camp Preview. Get your digital copy today for only $4.95 at DallasCowboys.com slash star. And this is our final segment, my final segment on hanging with the boys. So I'm going to make the most of Maybe. it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the I most make of it. I'm going to make some calls and get you nah. Hey, I'm like, hey, no, no, I'm like you, man, when, you know, they don't consult me. <laughs> they don't consult at all. And here with, my, here with the gang, Kurt Daniels, and what the heck, vote Danny Sarek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Danny Sarek. Yeah. It was, well, it wasn't short-lived. It was for a while. I was just saying uh, in the break we were talking about, for everyone listening, I've been having middle school flashbacks, which you can imagine how terrible that is for the last couple weeks because hearing what the heck over and over again reminded me that in middle school, my older sister and I both used the same slogan when running for student council, and the slogan was, what the heck, vote Sarek. But it worked because we both made it. But it's just like I I keep hearing what the heck, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Look, Danny, if there's a heck involved, it's good. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. It's a a good thing, Danny. Uh, But, guys, I said my tease before the break that we were going to put on our general manager hats, all right? And I'm going to hold you guys' feet to the fire because there's not going to be any middle-of-the-road stuff here right Uh now because Stephen Jones and Will McClay have a really tough job at – it's pretty much getting this roster filed down. you got a lot of players. There Mm -hmm. might be a few players that may not go through waivers. That people are waiting to cherry pick off of your roster. So I ask, and as Kirk Daniels is looking through the roster, with no one did their homework here in the room. <laughs> I'm looking at blank faces aside from Jesse. So I'll Jesse, I'll start with you. Oh, I, okay, don't tell me I didn't do my homework. Ooh, I did not do my homework. <laughs> we love spicy. Hanging with the boys. Well, we can get spicy. Excuse him. Whatever we can get. Tabasco. Well, the little oh, red sauce from Chipotle. We want spicy with the boys. Yeah, there it is. So, so Kurt, oh. put your general manager hat on. And the reason I started thinking about this is because the last episode I said something about core players, and you questioned me about the players that I thought were in the core group. Mm. So I said, wait a minute. Can this this question is is uh, this is a big question. I'm sure Kurt Daniels has a few names or <laughs> a name that he'd like to put on that list. So Kurt, Spice Daniels, let's go, baby. Spice Daniels, let's, let's start with you. I don't know. Spice I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to cut him because. I haven't seen him enough, uh, play enough or whatever. But one guy, I wonder, if, if he's now on the bubble where going into camp you thought he was pretty safe, is would it be Cedric Wilson? Mm. You know, Brown's having a good camp, and they've, they're saying uh, uh, the other um, – Lee Turner. Malik Turner mm-hmm. saying he's having a good camp. Um, Cedric Wilson makes more than these guys. He, he, there's no cap hit if he gets cut. I mean, you are Jesse Holly and me. Is this right a now. guy? Just what you get. You wanted the spice. You wanted the spice, and now you got Holly word from his right He jumped on this. Yeah, he yeah. did. Well. Sorry, I didn't mean to it's scare your guy there. But, Kurt, uh, you're in spicy mode. There's no apologizing <laughs> when you locked into spicy That's mode. That's right. But, I, you know, is this a guy that should be looking over his shoulder now? Maybe a little concern he's going to be on this team. Cedric Wilson. All right. I don't like that these are going in writing, by the way. <laughs> Come on, Dan. They're going to be forever. I, I'll admit, I did not do my homework, so I'm looking. Okay. At the, so can I go third? J- yes, you will. <laughs> Jess? So, from, from whoa, you called me, I, my mom calls me Jess. Jesse? I, I know, I, no, it's, it's fine. You, you said it, I felt like you were my parent. Like, <laughs> no. Jess, like, um, I just, I'm like, what the heck? Vote for Sarek. You just threw me for a mom, <laughs> mom son moment. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is when you start looking at numbers, okay? And there's always, and I said this before, receiver, offensive lineman, DBs. The place that we have to start looking for numbers is safety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have to start looking at, I would not be shocked. This is, if they keep seven receivers, would not be shocked. I would not be shocked one bit if they kept seven receivers. Mm. Would not be shocked if they only kept two tight ends. Hopefully passing. You brought in Sprinkles in the offseason as a, as a free agent signee. Nick McKeon might go, huh? I, I'm, well, I'm saying maybe we could try to stash him on the practice squad. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, get him. Th- this is, the, but look at the safety position because it's going to. Heck, it's hard to let good defensive backs go. And you're talking about a football team who historically has not given much value to the safety position. We always oh my talk God. about this. Oh, my God, yes. So all of a sudden, they're not going to start, like, you know, have this kind of 180 turn now and saying that they're hoarding all these safeties because that DB position is so critical. And when you start looking at matchups, when you start looking who you have to play throughout the year, what does your division look like? How, what is your path to the Super Bowl? I'm an, I, I'm I'm going to have to hope and pray that I get a guy like Malik Hooker to come along and, and actually play to that high draft pick billing that he before you know pre injury, um, and then I have to start finding other pieces to kind of go with him. Maybe it's a Kazee, maybe it's someone else, but I just can't see me letting DBs just. Say what you want about Anthony Brown. He's a serviceable DB. 17-game season. Say what you want about Jordan Lewis. Serviceable DB. Like, Bossman Fat might not start this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's a second-round draft pick. Bossman might not start this year. That says a lot about what you have going on. And, you know, you're going to have Diggs on one side, and then now is it Anthony Brown on the other side? Is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it boss man? Is it whoever who's going to play in the slot? Again, those type of – you need the numbers in the room, injury purposes, personnel reasons. You need – so I, I see other positions maybe taking a hit, tight end only have, carrying two. Um, you're going to have to eventually do something with this offensive line of depth. They're not. We don't have good depth there. I don't, I don't care what nobody says. We ain't got good depth there. <laughs> so, offensively, I can I, I can see them trying to keep seven. Simi Simi Fahoku might be on his way out. Mm. They might not be able to keep him. So th- there's a lot of things. Oh, might try to get him on the. It might not work. It's a good problem to have. It's a problem nonetheless. But I, for me, look at that safety position. Tight end position as a position that may would, see shorter yeah. numbers, smaller numbers than you normally would to keep other numbers uh, at a surplus. So, Jesse, you should go to law school and have ESQ at the end of your name because you still haven't answered my question. What, about, what is your question? Who's the guy that we're – who's the player? <laughs> you give me a name. I'm like, you just – come on. Oh, you just want one name? I want names. If you want to just one name or names, so give me something. He wants I, to be able to have those receipts. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing guys like Simi, may, you may see cut. I'm seeing guys like, you know, Sprinkle, mm-hmm. uh, you may see uh, let go. Um Darian Thompson, maybe? Darian Thompson, you may see guys like that let go. Um, yeah, so the, just to give you a couple names, you may, you may see guys like that be let go for – because you you might say Cedric Wilson, but he's a veteran guy who plays special teams right. and does other stuff like that. Yeah. And, and again, Simi has done nothing in training camp that has impressed us besides being big. That's it. Hadn't made no plays. We don't really hear about him on special teams. And when you're going into this year, Bones Fossil is going to say, if I have to choose a guy, I'm going to take the guy who I got a little bit more experience with than, than the rookie. Maybe we can pass him through. So I'm saying those names. Danny? Just because we haven't talked about this position group yet, I'm, um, I'm looking at the linebackers. And just because he was drafted with a different coaching staff, he's been hurt, we haven't seen a lot of him. I don't know that Luke Gifford – has a Luke. long future here. Luke Gifford. Which I liked yeah. him. He just hasn't had the he experience. He, he hasn't, right? Yeah. Like if they like Jabril Cox more, I just, I don't. And he, also, he, might, he might get the axe. In my lawyer bag. Um, you there. Um, football's fluid. Things change. Injuries happen. Don't hold us to this. <laughs> come on. Don't come tweet me later on and say, well, you said yeah. on August whatever. So I know you're writing down. Yes. But football is very fluid, and it changes often. Day to day, by the way. So I'm just saying, when you write these names down, don't hold me to that. Come on. Yeah, I know. Same. I gave you the names already. Oh, you already, I thought you were going to go out. You were going to jump into something else. Oh, I nah, thought. I was just, my lawyer back defending. Like, ah, I'm just, no, no, no. Yeah, I got you. I got you. had me. I was all ears right there. Yeah. Well, for me. They the, might cut that. No, I'm playing. Boy, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 
the one name that I, I came up with, and I think there's so much being asked of him, is Ty Naseki, that swing tackle position. It, 36 years old, hadn't had the greatest camp from what I'm hearing, um, and we know how badly we need a swing tackle. And I think we've all talked about it. That person may not be on our roster right now. We're scouring the earth and cherry-picking off of other rosters as well for uh, that swing tackle position. So Ty Naseki would be the yeah. person that I'm— He left practice yesterday, didn't he, with I the bl- bum knee? So, again, things snowballing in that direction. I'm just saying, those are players that we may want to watch. But, guys, getting to the game that's going to be tomorrow, uh, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Arizona Cardinals— Obviously, for us in the second preseason game, we didn't want to make a lot of the first preseason game. Jesse was like, hey, man, let's not have a lot of expectation there. But now going to the second preseason game, Jesse, players to watch, matchups, things to expect. The guy who wanted more reps. (laughs) And then in the Hall of Fame game, Micah Parsons. Uh, We want to see more of him. I want to see see, uh, that knowledge. There was something that was said on Hard Knocks, and it might have just went past people's head, but it caught my ear and it it rang loud to me. Micah Parsons comes to the sideline and he's like, man, I just want to make plays, right? And he's like, I'm all over the place. And Leighton Van Der says, yeah, you want to make every play. Mm. That's not a great thing because what happens is that that eagerness gets you out of position. Mm. And, and it was kind of like Leighton was like, listen, homie, yeah. <laughs> we want you to make plays, but when you start, when you sometimes you got to go on the block and let me make the play, yeah. And you've done your job. Don't let the rookie eagerness and emotions because you ain't played football in eighteen months have you jumping gaps. Because what's going to end up happening is the eye in the sky is going to be like, oh, look at this little happy feet young linebacker <laughs> with all the speed we got here, young lion. <laughs> and you gonna think it's going this way, and next thing you know, you, when you turn around, that guard gonna be coming back around him, and the ball gonna be forty yards down the field. That it rang so loud to me because Leighton said it was like I remember that. Mm-hmm. Same <laughs> I remember when I was that young and just wanted to run around and I was like he wanted to pat him on the head. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I was just like, man, I hope people caught that nugget because while we're saying he has speed, he has this and this and this, understand that this league watches everything, and if they see you start doing some stuff, they're like, oh. Like, like Tampa will go back and listen to them. Oh, God. No, oh. I'm just saying. You know Tom Brady's watching that. You know he's watching that And, for and sure. it doesn't take much. It takes one step out of your lane. It takes one moment of hesitation, and you're blocked, and the ball's gone, and it's a crease. Like, that is the finite. And so when I heard that, I was like, Ooh, I said, look at Leighton giving some, <laughs> what'd you call it, sage? Sage advice. Sage advice. Mm-hmm. And I then hope people Lee. caught that. Right. <laughs> I hope people caught that. So when you watch a guy like Michael Parsons, who's just the young lion, he's Simba. He's just like, I want to I want to go to the dark place that my dad told me not to go to because I'm, I'm ready. Rawr. Don't get yourself we caught. We got a Lion King reference on this show, guys. <laughs> Don't yeah. get yourself yeah, caught. Awesome. <laughs> You're out of position. Yeah. So I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the evolution of there. And then, of course, low-hanging fruit. What are these quarterbacks going to do? You're back to stealing things from people. So, yep. There it is. So, <laughs> so Danny just trying to expound on that. So what are you looking for? I was just going to say quarterbacks. Like, let, let's see a little bit more of what we have in Gilbert now that we've got one preseason game down. Maybe we'll have a little um, more consistency and some better you know, help with the offensive line there. So let's see. Are the Cowboys looking for a third quarterback, or are they looking for a number two? Let, let, let's let let's gauge more of Garrett Gilbert this game and really see where the Cowboys are in that stance. Yeah, there's a couple different ones. One, the offensive line, and two, the, the cornerbacks. I'd like to see, can you know, there's written the Sean Wright. Can he build off what he did last game? It's You know, I'd love it if Kyler Murray and uh, Hopkins were playing. They, I doubt they will. No. But, you know, it'd be <laughs> nice to get a little test there, but, you know, can uh, – can those guys keep building? And then obviously, the as you just mentioned with Naseki, the swing tackle position is very much up in the air. So kind of kind of see what uh, any progress is made there. Let's go Brandon Knight, Terrence Steele. Show us what right. you got. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Alakon or Alasson. How do you say that was name? Give me, he wants his cake. Oh, the, the, oh no. Isaac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I want to taste the cake. <laughs> so we're going to get a large uh, sample of uh, Colt McCoy um, instead of probably Kyler Murray. But the player that I'm watching uh, on defense is going to be Watkins. I, I think that we – 
I think a lot of people are overlooking his maybe his potential impact on this team. Carlos Watkins uh, from Clemson, from the university, from, from excuse me, from Houston Texans. Um, I think he's a player that's making some impact, and you see him every time with the ones going. So I want to see what what Watkins does. Uh, but again, it goes back to what you were saying uh, about the offensive line, Leo Collins is another guy that I want to watch. I want to see him with more reps. I think that his injury last year was is a lot more devastating than people lead on to uh, at the right tackle spot. And I believe that you know, getting him more work from being out all season, I think, is is imperative for this team and to build his confidence in having that labrum surgery uh, on his hip. But guys, it's going to be our show. I want to make sure that I say this first, and uh, I got to say this: that this has been absolutely phenomenal and awesome to be hosting with you guys and hanging with the boys. Yeah, I turn talk to Kyle, and, you know, see if we can scooch him off to the you Bye, know, Kyle. take a take a look, man. Over. Take over look, home. man. Let me don't even start. That on our show, we got enough. Look, hey, Kyle Yeomans is the golden calf, all right. So don't even t- don't even get me started with that. But you guys, it's been awesome, man. And you know, after this show, I know all the podcasts are going to go back, and we're going to be, you know, bucking heads again, all right, with all the competition that we have. But guys, this has been absolutely amazing. It was fun. Yeah. Been- I like getting to work with y'all because I don't get to work with y'all like all that often normally during like the regular season. No, I enjoyed it. You were great, man. Man, thank you, man. I appreciate the way that you – and we talked about this before the show, your energy. And and, and you talk about relatability, right? There are tons of people who might want to say, oh, I would have loved to have been in Jesse Holly's seat to be someone who's played. There are a ton of people who want to be in your seat. But it's only one me, dog. It's, uh, There's not even a seat, though. Did you, did, you, did you body roll? <laughs> He's still going. Did you body, did he body, body roll? I no. body rolled in hey, the SWBC. Another alley-oop up there for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, have to, listen, I always have to be mindful when we have the lady in the house what to say, how to say certain things. I told you I can't go to the principal's office till October. But now you've been phenomenal, Danny. Thank you for, for sitting in. You smell much better than Isaiah Standback, and we appreciate Thanks. that here. And hanging with the boys. Um, That's, dude, you guys are too much for Jesse, yeah. for Danny, and for Kirk Daniels. Cowboy Nation, I hope your team win. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!